Thursday's edition of the Glenzito Superdrive was awesome. Awesome, awesome entertainment as well on Radio 2000. Thank you so much, Glenn. The King Suite, Spectacular, Naves, Angie Kumalo, as well as Linda Sarame. Thank you so much indeed, team, for great, great work that you do each and every day, making sure you drive us home safely. But there's still lots of people on the road right now. Don't worry. We're going to be taking care of you uh, right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. The number that you use as far as the WhatsApp voice note number is 060-584-2250. I I suspect you might need it. I suspect you might use it. And you want to ask the kind of questions that you would like to throw forward because it is an important uh, conversation that we're going to be having first. And then that will be followed uh, a little bit later on, though, with uh, the events that were happening uh, down in Cape Town today uh, with the, the burial of Anel uh, lots of things were said, very powerful things were said, and we just thought that for the benefit of those who would have missed it and were not able to follow those proceedings, whether on TV or via different social media streams, uh, that will try to give you the summary of what was going on there. So it's an important evening, and we do want your participation. 060584 A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had this chat, and in fact, we've been chatting and chatting. I think 2020 might just belong to cricket. Uh, 2020 might just be the year that cricket was spoken of the most on the show of any other year. And I'm not saying that we were talking about cricket because we had won a World Cup. No, far from it. We still haven't since our readmission. It's all about the, the interim board. And it just looks like every day you flip a paper or you check out online what's going on. There's just a whole lot of controversies that are attached to it. And in such a very short space of time that it's been put together. So I don't know if there have been more controversies than positive outcomes. I don't know if there's whatever the mandate was, is it being fulfilled? Now, the latest episode, just to bring you up to speed, sees the former SACA president, Ompile Ramele, uh, being put on ice uh, for what the chairman, uh, Judge Zach Jacob, termed as being, in inverted commas, obstructive behavior against the mandate that was given to them by the sports minister. Now, the allegations leveled against Ramela include that he just refuses to accept the majority decision. Okay, we'll find out what that means. And is also virtually impossible to deal with. Again, we'll find out what that means. And he's not the only one that's in the firing line. Kolani Vonya also now finds himself in the sidelines, and this has to do more with his previous role as Easton's president. Okay, again, we'll find out what that means. Now, the borders. If you remember, it was put together to try and kill all these CSA fires. But it seems to be fanning the flames more and more. If I'm on the right track, the judge will call me out. If I'm on the, right, on the wrong track, then I'm sure equally he'll bring some form of clarity. But I think there's, there's a lot we need to unpack here. Uh, CSA's interim board chairperson, Judge Zach Jakub, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. Good evening, and uh, very happy to be here. And 
Let's talk about this thing very, very frankly, because I really think that the South African public have every right to know what is going on, except for some small things which are sensitive. My approach is that I'm as open as can be in the circumstances. I love that approach because when you say, let's find out what is going on, maybe let, let that question come from me to you, Judge, and say, what exactly is going on? Because all that we are reading is exactly what I said earlier, are controversies after controversies and very little in terms of the substantive stuff. Yeah, the, the problem is that we were appointed to clean up cricket South Africa broadly. And the problem is that the process of cleaning up an organization is not an easy one. You can't do it courteously and be very nice to everybody. So, for example, Mr. Lapuaza was seriously fingered in the Pondicherry report, and that was the report whose recommendations we were supposed to implement. And when we got there, we realized that the Fundersby report allegations were quite to the point and that his staying within the organization would not help us fix the problems. So we had no option but to suspend him and to ensure that he gets a fair hearing before a tribunal it will happen on the 14th and the 15th. We have an independent chair who will hear it and they will work it out. The problem actually arose because when you try and dismiss someone who earns $3 million a year or something, they're not going to go down. They try every way to protect themselves and defend themselves and use every possible way of doing it. And Mr. Ramella, quite apart from the problems that he's exhibited in the past, I will restrict myself to the uh, worst quasi decision. We took the decision on Saturday, the 28th of November, to institute charges against him. The attorneys were instructed to draw the charge. And he was part of the meeting. The charges were served against uh, Mr. Guada on uh, Monday. And we had a meeting on Monday evening, during which Mr. Ramela objected vociferously that the charge, she should never have been served on him. There was no decision that the charge she should have been served on him. The majority of the people believed that the, that the charge sheet decision service or the decision of the service of the charge sheet was taken. But we said, okay, in case he is right, what we will do is confirm the decision so that even if the decision on Saturday was not quite absolutely right, we can ratify the decision on Monday and that should be okay. He objected to ratification of the position. He said that that was unlawful. And even though the majority had decided so, he said he does not accept the decision of the majority. He believes that he must do what is right, what he says is right, 
And as far as he is concerned, he does not subscribe to the majority's right principle under any circumstances. We tried a long time to persuade him that this was not a proper approach, that when you work on a board, you can't say. He's a young man, unfortunately, who believes that he is absolutely always right. That's really the problem. And we spent two or three hours talking to him about that. He just couldn't understand. And it's been like that in relation to many other things. So everything becomes a debate. Every time when he's in a minority, he will take two or three hours of time by saying he does not understand this and he does not understand that and so on and so on, so that the board proceedings are delayed completely. If we fail for his tactics, Mr. Guaza's suspension would have been considerably delayed. And we must all remember that we have been given six months to pick mm. up, three months rather, to pick up the board. A month of that time has already passed. And if we spend hours and hours talking and talking and listening to this sort of obstructive conversation, we are never going to achieve our end. So that was one of the reasons why we decided to bring proceedings against him. The Companies Act provides for how a board would deal with obstructive behavior. We have issued a statement that, uh, of ground. That statement has been served upon him. He's entitled to bring a lawyer, and we will have a meeting on Monday or Tuesday of next week to discuss the statement which, which has been issued. His lawyer will come and speak for him, and we've got to resolve that debate as soon as we can. But the the company, issue of obstructive behavior, is that well understood, or is that something of no, no, an ambiguity? An of your yeah. Normal board behavior is if you're in the minority and if the majority takes a decision, you could take two or three minutes protesting it, but you can't refuse to accept it. And he does that all the time and argue it for four or five hours at an end irreverently and in a very difficult way. That is not the way in which any board makes progress. It cannot actually be done. So I'd like to hear your response to that, unless you think that that is proper behavior. We spoke to him. We told him quite clearly, look, you don't agree to majority decisions. You leak our decisions to the media, even though the majority decides that you shouldn't because we have our own way. And we said to him, you either accept majority decisions, and if you don't, then please step down. Do one of two things, either accept majority decisions or step down. He says, I refuse to do either. As far as I'm concerned, I do what is lawful. And his idea of what is lawful, he's not even a lawyer, by the way, supersedes everyone else's idea of what is lawful, what is good procedure, what is fair, what is right, and what is wrong. He's a young man who unfortunately very strongly believes that everything he says is absolutely and completely right and will not accept no for an answer, even if seven members of a nine-member board uh, are against him and have ruled against him. And you cannot carry on with a person on the board like that because otherwise you get nothing done.
So you're saying that there was a clear board resolution as far as this is concerned, Judge? There has been a clear board resolution. It has been accepted by the majority. Mm-hmm. The resolution was taken, and the statement of grounds for his recusal had been served upon him. He has been given a notice in terms of the Companies Act, and he has been told that he can come on Monday with his attorney to put his side of the story. So it has all been properly done. But he tries not to say all that to people, because he too has to defend himself in some way. So I can say, oh, by the way, the statement that he issued was released, will be released to the media, I suppose, by tomorrow morning. The statement of Crown against him has now been released to the media. So everyone will be able to see it, because I believe that we must become completely public. There have been many other things which will take a long time to describe, but this is just one example on which you may interrogate me as much as you wish. But I want to respond to one thing, and that is we are supposed to put things right, but we are fanning the flames. Um, I think that you are both right and wrong, because when you walk into a place which has a very, very toxic environment, and you have to take steps to put this right, it does not work by going there and talking to everybody nicely and saying, please do this and please do that. Because remember that these troubles have been going on on the board for a very, very long time. There has been dissatisfaction. There has been corruption. There has been a whole range of troubles. And I am afraid that to put South Africa right, in my opinion, and in the majority of the board's opinion, stern action had to be taken. Quick action had to be taken. And we didn't find it pleasant to do. It is not pleasant to suspend somebody. It is not pleasant to remove someone from a board. But unfortunately, we have to do what is right to ensure that we achieve the purpose of the board quickly within the time stipulated. And of course, I have no doubt that all these decisions will go to the high court. People will get lawyers. Lawyers will want to make money. They will all challenge it. And I think you know how these things go. But we have the job of trying to put things right. It's not a job I particularly wanted. It's not a job for which I'm being paid. It is not a job from which I gain anything at all. I am interested solely in putting Cricket South Africa right. Mm. And, and you took it in the direction that I was, I was about to ask you about here, yeah, judges, to say that in all of this, and I know you, you, you said that, you know, the gentleman does not have, he's not even a lawyer, but he is talking legalese uh, to you in terms of why he doesn't want to follow whatever the board resolution was, is yeah. that if they start throwing issues like transgressing of the Labor Relations Act uh, towards the board itself to say that, yeah, you, you made the resolution, but is it within the transcripts of the Labor Relations Act? How, how would you respond to something like that? I respond to something like that by saying that in all these things, there is a difference of opinion always. And you will see, if you read the court cases on the Labor Relations Act, that there are very, very many differences of opinion. And anybody who takes up a particular position if they have enough money, 
can take the matter right to the Constitutional Court and delay it as much as they possibly can. Because many of these decisions are delicate and difficult. So we have to make these difficult judgment calls. And in the end, we have to put up with the fact that agreed parties who earn a lot of money and who are very powerful would challenge these decisions to the absolute hilt. As long as we are sure that we have done things right, there may be a difference of opinion, and there is a small chance, I think, that the court would hold against us. I don't think there's a big chance, but again, it's my opinion versus someone else's opinion. It's the opinion of the majority of the board versus the opinion of one person in the board. So things differ. You know, we all know that Jacob Zuma's cases are going on and on and on with no resolution. In the same way, anybody with money and an attempt to disrupt and an attempt not to be discovered for their heinous deeds can delay things forever. Such is our system. But our job is to ensure that we use strong measures to ensure that we prevent that kind of delay as much as we possibly can. And I'm determined to use those measures. Fair measures, but strong measures. So you can be fair and firm and direct. Fairness does not mean softness. Fairness does not mean listening to any argument anyone presents and accepting it and letting people have a delay. Fairness is a very important concept to me which means that if fairness compromises fairness and uh, compromises honesty, compromises firmness, and if the notion of fairness encourages horrible, corrupt conduct, then I'm afraid I need to redefine what fairness means. Hello? Quickly step in. Um, uh, It's just that... Yeah, sorry, Judge. It's just that something somewhere along the line uh, is not going right. So we've got to take a quick break. Please don't go anywhere. Um, we have plenty to chat about here. Chatting as well, as I say, to the CSA uh, interim board chairperson, Judge Zach Yakub. So much in CSA is going down, and we want to get to the bottom of it. Marawa Sports Worldwide. CSA Interim Board Chairperson, Judge Zach Yakub. When yeah. you referred to the acting president, would mm. that be the reference to the acting members council chairperson, Rian Richards? Yes, he calls himself the acting president. Apparently that's okay. his title. And, 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 and on, I must say that okay. he's a very difficult man. He talks all sorts of lovely cooperative language when he's talking in public and so on. But his conduct is always absolutely and totally obstructive. He has learned the art, and I'll ask all journalists and the public to watch him. He knows how to make these wonderful press statements, and then he goes and does something completely different. I don't know what's on with him, but that is my opinion. And I'm saying that in the public interest, because I think the public should know. Hashtag NSW. Rob, I think... uh I don't think I've got sympathy for Ompila Ramella over all the allegations or anything that has been said about him by the current board. Uh, the reason why I don't have sympathy is because it is the same person who perpetuated the worst crimes in cricket when he facilitated or he enabled the, 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 the banishment of other guys like Tamitolikile and the others in the game of cricket and the way in which he enabled uh, the discrimination against Alvaro Peterson and the others. 
So this is just a case of uh, the chickens coming home to roost for him. And in fact, it was even a mistake to allow him to serve in this structure, given the fact that it was part of the problem in the previous one. So whatever that has been said, Rob, I don't even care whether it's correct or not. My view is that it should not be part of that uh, of any structure and cricket essay. Simple as that. Sianda in Cape Town. Good evening, Mr. Marawa. Hey, but Rob, I fail to understand the removal of these two guys from the board because I think from the start it was alluded to us that Haran Lokat will excuse himself in issues that implicate or involves himself when it comes to this uh, forensic report. Now I fail to understand uh, the issue of uh, suspending or removing or rampele together with this guy when they were raising issue horon lockout that uh, have a conflict of interest in this issue because i believe lockout is involved you know some way or another in the issue of a suspension of this company of csa so i wanted the judge to explain to us why now uh, Lokat doesn't uh, excuse himself in issues that complicate himself in the in the forensic report? Thank you, Rob. A corner from East London. Hi, Rob. It's the here. Yeah, cricket South Africa and uh, suspensions. When will this uh, end, Rob? Yeah, my question is more around the freedom of expression because I believe. Uh, uh, does it mean Cricket South Africa, by asking the gentleman to recuse himself from the board, uh, cement the fact that the, the, the Cricket South Africa doesn't uh, welcome anyone who holds a different view compared to the majority? And secondly, I just want to ask about allegations of uh, the gentleman leaking uh, information to the media. Have those allegations been tested? Uh, is the judge can the judge be able to provide us with proof pertaining to those allegations? Thanks, Rob. All right, so we're back uh, in conversation with the CSA Interim Board Chairperson, Judge Zach Jakub, who is answering some of the questions and also taking your questions as you listen to that. Let me bring in Alfie in St. Juran, who's calling in and uh, wanting to take a question as well. Good evening, Alfie. Um, Mr. Marawa, my question is just quickly to the judge. I just wanted to know how did the minister come about choosing the board that we have? And secondly, don't you need someone with, with, with integrity, um, that that needs to represent the board well. Firstly, I, I don't know how Harun Logat made it to that board after this whole uh, uh, IPL scandal. You, you might as well go and, and choose um, the former CEO, Mr. Majola, as well to be in this board. And the other thing is, how do you choose Umbile Ramela to be part of the board after all the insults before you went into the board he threw at ex-players? You know, um, Alviro Peterson being one of them, uh, you, you just don't need people who, who are going to be always hanging on um, this board with a whole big cloud and everything, you know? So if, if the judge can just answer me quickly on how were they elected and how did it come about that Harun Logat actually be there with, uh, with all the cloud hanging over his head? 
Okay, thank you so much, um, Alfie in St. Jurian. Judge, do you want to take that one quickly so that we, I know I that we've got a break coming up? Okay. Yeah. The, the minister appointed people, as I understand it, as a compromise. Some different people were suggested by different entities, and he put the thing together. And there were all sorts of complaints made against a number of people, including Harun Lorcat and Mr. Bonia. No complaints against Mr. Ramela, I think, at that time. And I took the view that the minister has appointed them. I will watch the situation very, very carefully. And I gave everyone the undertaking that if the circumstances demand that they should be recused themselves from the board completely, I will recuse them. If the circumstances demand that they should stay away from a particular case, they all agreed that they will recuse themselves or I would recuse them. So it's not... uh, one size fits all. It depends on what the allegations against them are. So the allegations against uh, Harun Lockhart does not concern dishonesty, does not concern shunting processes, does not concern deliberate wrongdoing. It concerns a different level of bad judgment if it was bad judgment at one level or another. And it concerns a particular area of activity. When we reach that area of activity, there are two areas, actually. And I suspect that when we reach the provincial loans area and why he gave loans to the provinces and so on, there are some questions being asked about that. And he will recuse himself. If we, if, if the, 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 the contention in relation to his conduct on the global league still stands, and we get to investigating that, he will leave. Okay? So there are different things. As far as Mr. Vonya is concerned... But just before before you get to Mr. Vonya, sorry, Judge, yes. let, let's just deal with the yes, Haroon yes. and, uh, you know, versus yeah. um, right. him and, 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 and being part of the the conflict yes. of interest. I think the last time we spoke, that was another contentious thing. You've just brought it forward now. So my question would be, you know, How's that interim board now managed that conflict? Um, Because there is, and I'm sure you are aware, uh, whether it is true or not, I'm sure you'd also be aware, uh, that he, he, he went and met with the CEOs of the affiliates to discuss the loans uh, which you know he had given. So I don't yes. know if you're aware of that. And then um, obviously he then went on as well to, I think it was on Sunday, uh, where he met with the CEOs of the unions, uh, and he was the one addressing them and telling them what to do. Well, was that not a conflict? No, 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 no. We all met, you see, that again is misinformation that is being given to you. We met the CEOs of the unions together as a board not about their loans or anything, but to get information from them generally in relation to Cricket South Africa because we want to talk to as many, many people as possible. So the allegation that he went and spoke to them by himself is as misleading as you could get. So that is, that, that is false. That's why I said absolutely, absolutely. you we would know whether it's there. true or not. Yeah. No, we spoke. I was there unless. He had two meetings with them, one in which he, if he is so um, uh, wonderfully inventive, 
that he had one meeting with the executive quietly and then lied to us and had another meeting where all of us met him, then, of course, he must go to jail. But I don't believe that that is the case. The meeting was organized. We all spoke to them. Two or three members of the board spoke to them together, and we received all their comments. So that is absolutely not true. I was at the meeting. So you're saying that you have no knowledge of any other meeting prior to the one that you all I had together? Saying, I'm saying two things. I'm saying not really do I have no knowledge. I find it incredible and impossible to believe, bearing in mind the nature of the meeting that all of us had with the executives on the same day. It is mischief-making to say that there were two meetings on the same day. There has to be a lot of proof before I come to that. Because remember, I've got to assess things in terms of what we experience. Right, mm-hmm. and we met with them for a couple of hours. These people, and we heard their submissions and their suggestions, and so on and so on, because we want to know what actually is going on. We have to speak to all of them. Okay, let's deal with that a little bit. Let's take a quick break. Uh, CSA's interim board chairperson, Marawa Sports Worldwide. CSA interim board chairperson, Judge Zach Yakubu. We are for justice. We are not for technicalities. And we want the public and the players to know that we will do all we can to fix it as long as the ministerial mandate remains. The administration refuses to talk to the board because they are in the hands of the members' council. We've been appointed as an independent board by the minister. And we are going to work independently. We are not going to be told by the members' council what to do. We're not going to be told by the executive what to do. We're not going to be told by the minister what to do. Uh, it's also uh, I'm having difficulties in understanding, especially with regard to the judge. I understand all those uh, uh, deviant behavior that has been uh, displayed by an individual, but the way she, uh, he is referring to the gentleman as a young man, it is really for me disturbing because I believe that that person is an honorable member. He should also be respected. Secondly, Rob, on the issue of the of that uh, resolution which is, which has been taken by the port, what led for that uh, for, for 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 the port to engage in those resolutions? What is really happening in, in cricket South Africa? Because the judge is not elaborating further. What are the problems there? Because he's mentioning. Uh, corruption and so forth, the judge, but then I'm subject to be corrected. Can he elaborate what is really happening in Create SA? Because if ever it needs to be clean, let it be. But the language and the respect, it must be observed all the time. Thank you, thank you very much, Rob. Hi, Robert Barawa. There's a saying that says every dog has its day. Umpile Rambele has been gunning for black cricketers for such a long time in trying to assist the system. Now the system is gunning for him because now he happens to participate in big positions in terms of the boards. So every dog has its day. Alala, no mercy for him. There was no mercy for Ronaldo Tsotsobe. There was no mercy for Alviro Peterson. So there's no mercy for Mpile Rambele, Robert. Hi, Lonobo Kolisi from PE. Thanks, Rob.
Anyway, thank you for those uh, 0605842250. Some very strong opinions that are coming through via the voice notes. So we are chatting to Judge Zach Jakub, who's the CSA interim board chairperson. One of the callers, uh, which was um, coming through from St. Julian Alfie, one thing that he was leaning towards, which I was going to ask you as well, Judge, is that when you've got a board of the people that are in the current board right now, almost immediately you would see that there would be a split because you have a, a, a sector that is coming through as independents, and then you've got a sector as well of, of individuals that have been there before who are still part of Cricket South Africa's makeup. So people that have been either fired, suspended, or anything wrong that has been done towards them, you would find members of that board either leaning with or leaning towards or against, whichever way it is. Which means then, that is why you'd have taken a month of a three-month, um, you know, sit down of what the minister expects from you, not really having made much ground, is because of the split and the division. I don't know if you'd, you'd go with me and whether or not you would make any progress with such splits. All right. We should have picked it up there. I've been hearing that heartbeat for a while now in my ear. The judge is not on the line, so we'll try and get him back on the line as soon as we can. Um, so let's let's take some of your voice notes. 0605842250. I know Alfred uh, had been trying to get through and call us. Um, he was holding on initially, but uh, do call us back, please, um, Alfred, because uh, we, we do take uh, quite seriously uh, whatever the question was that was coming through. 89 I just give us an opinion. I mean, you've been reading all of these things that have been happening. You've been following about one day so-and-so is being suspended, so-and-so is being deemed to be, you know, transgressing, all sorts of things. And whether or not, by the time three months is done, are we going to have an outcome? Are we going to really, really know what is happening within Cricket SA? Which was a fair uh, comment that was being made by Audra, who was saying that, can the judge spell it out up until now? What is it that he can report back to South Africans and say, X, Y, and Z happening within Cricket South Africa? Do they have that authority as yet? Or is it still all an internal fight on jostling around? And hence I say that my observation is that the split is there. And whether or not they do accept it. I don't know. But I think it is very, very, very clear uh, to, to, to anyone to see that that is part of what is hampering the work of this interim board. Uh, Judge, I know that we lost you, but what, what I was leaning towards was an observation around a split in, in what's happening. Yes, uh, divergence of views is always healthy. But I'm saying that when you walk into a situation where the independents who have come in, like yourselves, and but they're also individuals who've been part of the problem that you're trying to resolve, is that a healthy recipe of any interim board that is trying to, in three months, come up with some form of solution? Hello? Can you hear me, Judge? No, I didn't hear that last question. Just go at it again quickly. Not a problem. 
Yes, I, I know. We, we keep dipping in and out, but uh, apologies for that. Yeah. You are back on the line. Now, I was just saying that in terms of the split that one has observed, you as independents coming in and people that have been in cricket still forming part of this uh, interim board that is trying to find yeah. solutions and resolutions for, for cricket, that in three months it doesn't look like you'll achieve much. Is this the right recipe to have a board where people are either siding with one or the other? I thought what had happened, and that's what proved to be wrong, I thought that the, the minister was very eager not to go into a compulsion process in this matter. He does have the power to compel people to do things and to appoint commissions and so on and really do it that way. What he did was got everyone together and tried to get them to agree to a process. So as I understood it, all those people agreed to a process to resolve it. All those people agreed to the appointment of all those nine people. And then the members' council was actually sitting at the meeting on Friday, the 30th of, uh, of, of October, when the minister made the appointment, and they were supposed to have confirmed the appointment. The members' council had spoken to the minister. They had all agreed. Instead, on the next day, the members' council had a meeting. They didn't confirm us. They made a whole lot of other decisions. They didn't say that they didn't confirm us. Then the minister had to intervene a week later, and they confirmed the board finally as late as they possibly could on the 15th of November. So what they say is they, they're trying to avoid the compulsory process of the minister and they promise cooperation all the time and when the minister believes them and does something or says something, they go on a completely different route. So they didn't confirm us. Then the minister called a meeting and they confirmed us on the 15th of, of the month and two weeks is a long time in a three-month period. Mm. And thereafter, they've been carrying on a delayed tactic. For example, we asked for the minutes of the members' council meetings for the last year. A month ago, we still haven't got them. Because Mr. Richards is still checking whether the members' council would approve the idea of giving this board the minutes. Now, all that is unheard of. So the problem is that there is public cooperation and then when it comes to doing the things that have to be done, you don't do it. And there are all kinds of reasons. We had a meeting yesterday with the members' council. Mm -hmm. And everyone tried to say that Mr. Richards and I are just fighting with each other for nothing. So I said, let's not go into that. Let me say this. If Mr. Richards gives us the minutes by tomorrow, and if he gives us the reasons for a particular ICC decision, which I ask him reasons for by tomorrow, I will accept and we will carry on as if nothing had occurred. You will not believe this. I haven't got those minutes yet, even though he promised at the Minister's Council meeting yesterday that we will get them today. Minister, so what they're doing is stonewalling and keeping things secret at every turn. And you're right. But, but that goes back I, I to what I was saying. Yes, that the Minister of Boards may be wrong to believe them. I was maybe wrong to believe them. And I have been seriously considering, I said to the Members' Council yesterday, that I'm minded to go to the Minister and say, I'm sorry, 
I would like to be released of this obligation because the idea you had of people cooperating is not going to work, and I'm finding this whole situation untenable. But, of course, there are complicated things. There are, on the one hand, you want to leave it. On the other hand, you want to do your best. You don't want to be seen to be going away. Mm. But but you're saying that you've board. considered you've considered Judge uh, stepping down as a CSA interim oh, board have. chairperson. I have very seriously considered stepping down on at but least be- four occasions since I started. Because and that I, is because I cannot work in this toxic environment. Which which then goes back to my point to say that it was always going to be toxic because as independents versus people that are still within the cricket um, realm, you're never going to sing from the same hymn sheet. I'm not talking about the technicalities. I'm not talking about what the reports are saying. I'm just saying generally. But they said that they were committed to putting things right. They said to the minister something which they didn't keep to. They said that if there's a board like that, they will cooperate with that board to fix up Cricket South Africa because they said they too wanted to fix Cricket South Africa. But it's easy in those circumstances to make the commitment that you're going to fix up the board. Don't do it and allow all kinds of other excuses. So, so that's o- Outside of all these board issues that are, that are happening, um, yes. Judge, uh, the, the one thing that stood out, and we see it happening in, in global sport, and people have absolutely yes. no problem with it, um, that of taking the knee, um, I, I believe that there was an objection to that. England were all for it. They were saying that they were okay to take the knee. Um, they've done it before. It's not a problem for them. And ironically, the problem comes from South Africans who say that they don't want to take the knee for whatever reason. Well, the board took a conciliatory approach on that. And I'm now prepared to concede wrongly so. We said we understand the religious objections to taking the knee because I know that uh, there are religious people who have these objections. So we're saying... On what grounds, though, them? Judge? Whether you... Oh, because there are people who say you only kneel before God. But they're kneeling... They, they're they're kneel. taking a knee. They're not on knees. They are on no, no, a knee. No, but the problem knee. is that some people equate that to that. But then... The problem is, I was, I was saying that I think we were wrong about that. I think we were wrong about that yeah. because it's I realized flimsy. later that they had done it before. Exactly. But that's why I'm saying that South Africa, of all the countries in the world, you watch any sport tonight yeah. or Europa League, Champions League, EPL, yeah. you, you watch Formula One Grand Prix, you see Bradley Connell, a South African in America coaching, wearing a Black Lives Matter t- T-shirt. There is no problem. And yet South Africans, to whom all of this is almost directed towards, they also now, South Africans are bowing down to the same people that never even apologized, not even a single day for the atrocities of apartheid. So what I said this morning was that the solution of racism is always a difficult problem. Because, especially in relation to affirmative action and so on and so on, it is those people who are poor and who come from poor communities, who come from several circumstances, who understand the importance of affirming them, who understand the importance of truly non-racial conduct. Everybody in power, and very often that includes black people in power too, once they get to the powerful position, 
forget where they were, and you forget about people in a disadvantaged position. So that that is the problem. I think that the problem of racism. But there was a mistake here, Judge, though. Let's get down to the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, I I don't know. I'm a black person. I would regard you as one. I'd regard members of your board as one. Yeah, and and, and I would regard members of your board equally as that. But for England to say, we're ready to do this, let's do it. But for South Africans to say, no, 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 we're not going to be taking the knee, that for me was just the most absurd thing. I'm afraid... You are right. Uh, I didn't want to say so too publicly to cause uh, too much trouble. I still want to preserve something with the cricketing people to try and sort something out. But you've got to be honest as well, though, Judge, as much as I hear you. I agree. I I was trying to give you a diplomatic answer. You're absolutely right. And now that you have got me there, I've got to say that that was virtually impossible to understand for me. And I know, since we are talking about it, that many, many black players were extremely unhappy about it. And if I had been one of the players uh, who wanted to take the knee and management took that decision, I feel so strongly about this now that you've drawn me out that I would not have been responsible for my actions had I been a black player in the team. That is how strongly I really feel about it. Let's talk quickly about religion. I've got 30 seconds before I have to go to news, and then we can carry on. They, they replaced no, no, that, if I'm not mistaken. I, I have another meeting. <laughs> okay, another I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just saying that. What did they replace that? Didn't they replace that with some black armband or something? No, no. I said to them that what they should do is make, find every way you can of making their uh, objection to racism and their affirmation of non-racialism very, very clear. And I wasn't able to look at the TV to see exactly what they did as they went far enough. Because the compromise I was trying to effect is, okay, there are problems with taking the knee, then find some other way of committing yourself to non-racialism completely and absolutely, because I thought that might be an answer to the trouble. And I didn't watch the TV to see how far they went. Did you? But that's why I'm, that, that's why I'm throwing it to you, yeah. Judge, to say that, in replacing, for religious yeah. reasons, the, the, the taking the knee with wearing a yeah. black armband could be also interpreted by one of the black players in that uh, team to say, yeah, okay, fine, for religious reasons, wearing a black armband actually signifies that somebody in my family has passed away. And I can't oh, wear it because nobody has passed away in my family. Right. And therefore, there must, be, there, there must be a compromise all around. And they but didn't the compromise, is, though. The That's the problem, Judge. They didn't compromise. They inserted whatever it was that they wanted to do. And that, for me, is the problem. Uh, yeah, but anyway, before I get into trouble and before I, I get I'm suspended, afraid, Judge, I've got to go. I have to agree with you, and thank you for not allowing me to proceed with my diplomatic way. We don't want diplomacy, Judge. You asked me last time not to be kind to you. I am not being kind to you. I am being kind to the listener because they deserve all the right answers. It's the top of the hour right now. Amanda Machaka with the news. 0605842250. There's a lot that I would love to explore as well as far as that cricket is concerned. Amanda Machaka, thank you so much for the news at the top of the hour. Um, there's, there's a royal mess that is there right now. And I'm sure you don't have to be a detective. You don't have to be given extra brain cells from somewhere, this, this whatever is happening is, a, is rightfully 
a royal mess right now. There was a structure to try and sort out the mess. So I have no idea. I haven't studied further than I did initially to understand what is the next step after mess. Is it messier? Messiest. But what we were leading to before the news regarding uh, the not taking of the knee issue, that for me is a problem. That for me is a And that is why, even I was saying on Monday, that is why we still play football on grounds called Danny Craven Stadiums. Because we, we keep quiet, okay, for religious reasons, no taking of the knee. Which religion? Which religion? But you must make them wear black armbands. Now, if you have a different religion, what does wearing that armband mean? So you're sacrificing something that is real worldwide, globally. You want to come here and put ice cream and aromat in the same meal. How does that work? I, 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 I honestly, at times I honestly don't understand what is supposed to happen. But here, yeah, I'm telling you now, there's a royal mess. Full stop. 